that's, God. that's awesome. Um, as we kick off a, as we kick off another episode here, um, we're going to kind of yes. do a little different because we're I'm going to interview you. Okay, uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to take a minute um, and go. talk about some things that the Lord has done recently here amongst us uh, and specifically amongst you and the vision that the Lord has instilled. Um, just for for those of you watching, um, yes. uh, we may we may or may not spend a lot of time facing the camera today, and for that, it, accept it. Um, <laughs> um, but there are things that are happening in the spirit world and in the kingdom right now yes. that are that are marvelous, and it's, it's marvelous to be a part of. It's a great time to be alive. Yes, uh, it's a great time to be part of this. Uh, we could call third great awakening <laughs> in this nation. I hope so. Um, I pray so. That, that we've, the revival that's beginning to occur all across the nation as we hear both local testimony and testimony from other parts of our nation here and even other parts of the world as we had our, our dear brother, uh, Pastor Dale Campfield, has, has been in Ghana and has been experiencing miraculous things there. Praise God. So it's, it, God. It's, it, the God is moving. God Amen. is His Amen. spirit is alive and well and restoring and filling people up and releasing people. And in in the process of that, uh, Pastor Clark has a testimony of of the Lord literally uh, uh, raising him up and 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 filling him with a vision and filling him with a word. And so today we're just going to kind of talk talk about what the Lord revealed to you and and, and what that is. Um, Spiritual revelation comes uh, through the word and in the word and in, yes. in relationship. That's right. Um, and when we talk about having visions and having dreams and having having impartations of the spirit, um, we are we immediately the response will always be we go to the word for clarity. Yes. We, we go to we go to God for further further right. explanation and and what we need to understand is we're not talking about hallucinations. We're not talking about no, flights of no, fancy. No, no. Uh, we're always, and it's never something that will cause chaos in your life. Um, no. And so I just wanted to make those statements before we get into this so that if you're, if you're a first time watcher and you're unfamiliar with, with all of the, the truth of the word and what, what, we, what we've been uh, uh, working through this year already, it, it, it is a Holy Spirit filled year for us. And it is a, it is a miraculous time for us. And it has been. And and so in that vein, we want to continue. And if you will, Pastor Clark, just just start off by just giving us the basics of, of what happened and, and, and how it came to pass and, and your headspace you were in before and okay. and all those yeah, type sure. of things kind of set the stage for us. Okay. And before I take that step in, let me pause on the platform for one second here into what mm-hmm. you're saying and encourage encourage you, my dear friend, if you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you i know in some traditions and in some backgrounds you may not have seen because uh, i've noticed this over the over recent years we have not seen the moving of people from their seat to the altar we we've not seen that that urgency to draw to the altar where the gospel's been preached where great hymns and great choruses of praise have been lifted in worship and, and we've not been drawn into a moment of holiness, and we're not allowing ourselves, I should say, to be drawn. If you feel, here's the point that I'm trying to make uh, before I share this, is, is if you're feeling the Lord moving in your life, and certainly you've got to confirm that. The Word of God says by, by two witnesses all things are confirmed. 
and the word is a confirmation. And that doesn't mean trying to stretch it to fit what you think it ought to be, but it's a matter of knowing what God is urging you to do or sending you to do or, or impressing you and make sure that it is a word of God thing, okay? And that may take you beyond your comfort zone in your particular tradition or something that you've not seen in a long time, you know, maybe since a revival tent. You know, we don't see that much anymore. I know our state convention some years ago went ahead and and, and sold all their equipment like that because it was, you know, not being used and it was and it was out of date, so to speak, and, and it and it was a cost, you see, and all this tightening of the belt and tightening of the you know, we we've made a lot of excuses of what God's not doing. Seemingly, but I think a lot of it's about what we're not doing, yeah. and and I and I've got a I've this is directed to me first because as, as I share this, we got to know that God spoke to me. I believe in a particular way. I mean, we all seek the Lord day daily. I pray, in our prayers, in our devotions, um, and if you don't have a good devotional that puts you in the Word and puts you to thinking, get one. Uh, it certainly let us know. We I was going to say, one. let us know. We'll we'll make sure you get one. Yes, we, we have access through both of our ministries to yes. free co- free stuff that we can send you. Amen. We, we want to bless you. Um, That's and, right. And, and please let us know, and you know, give us some information about your testimony, where you're coming from, so it can be age appropriate and spiritually appropriate for where you're at in your walk. There you go. Because that's just it. it. You know, a lot of times I think some of us dive too deep. Yes. As far as is, you try to understand things that are that are at the very meat of the faith before you've ever worked through getting your baby teeth. Yes, And you absolutely. have to – so we, we definitely want to send you something that is comprehensible but and it's something that you can grasp a hold of and not absolutely. just, hey, here's a, bunch of, here's a bunch of theologians from the second century talking about things. No, we want to send you something that is, exactly. that is on the level you're at. And yeah. we're not talking intellectually. We're talking spiritually. Spiritually, that's, that's what right. the conversation it's so, is. So important uh, on Bible Gateway for those of you that maybe mm-hmm. have apps on your phone and off. Uh, Bible Gateway is an exceptional, you know, the U version and mm-hmm. different. Free tools. Some great, great uh, tools uh, for the ministry. Mm-hmm. And and on there on Bible Gateway, they were talking about a new work that John Brevere has come up with, and 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 in his testimony about this, it looks good. And uh, I'm just just reading about it today. In fact, he he had determined several years ago that he would not write or speak on anything that the Holy Spirit has not directly impressed him on. Now I appreciate that mm-hmm. because especially uh, you know you think about the ministry and the Scripture talks about that our life our, our livelihood and all is from the work of the Scripture or and our work in the Scripture and from the ministry that we're a part of. And, of course, the direct challenge there is to the church to support those who are the ministers of God in Christ Jesus. But nonetheless, everywhere I seem to turn, and like the thing about uh, John, Brother Bevere's thing, Mm -hmm. is is he was concerned that it be of the Holy Spirit. And and the interesting thing, the the point of the testimony seemed to be that God is, like like Robert said, God's doing things. Yes. The thing that's that's taken off at Ashbury, mm-hmm. uh, there in Kentucky, and now spreaded, uh, spreading. And I was sharing this with our congregation Saturday in relation to this, because I felt like my first obligation was to share as their pastor to share what was on my heart. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to come and share with you here on the Gonzo. I ran that yeah. past Robert and 
he gave that some prayerful consideration and and was uh, we weren't going to do it until we were both in agreement on it well absolutely and uh, that's you know, important that's, thing. that's important and one of the things i do want to talk about when it comes to holy spirit outpourings like what we're seeing in ashbury is people are coming there to that to that fellowship hall expecting the spirit that's right and that's why we're seeing the spirit move that's right see the thing and before we get into this holy spirit revelation because that's what this what we're about to talk about is a holy spirit revelation you have to understand it's very easy to scoff in the face of the holy spirit exactly it's very easy to be like that you know that's not the holy spirit talking Except that if you come with an expectant heart, and if you always go into a, a state of prayer or a st- or exist in a, sp- a, a kingdom space all the time, I'm always expecting to hear from the Spirit. Right. And if I'm always expecting to hear from the Spirit, guess what? I'm always hearing from the Spirit. No. That's uh, the exa- thing. Exactly. That's like our brother John yeah. uh, Brevere is talking about. He's yes. like... I'm not going to accept a truth unless it's from the Spirit. Right. I'm not going to present a truth unless it's brought up in me by the Spirit. Because you know what Jesus said when he said the Spirit was coming? He said, I'm sending you someone that will remind you of the things that I've taught you. Exactly. That will bring it up inside you. Which is why we've always talked about you need to get the Word in you. So that you can understand the Spirit. But the fact of the matter is, in the right moments, in the right time, there will be revelation of the Scripture in your life. And it will be absolutely pertinent to what is going on exactly. or what is to come. Yeah. And you may feel, and as Pastor Clark will give testimony to, you may be you may be getting revelation that is beyond the now. Yeah. Yeah. And that is very important. And it's very important, as we talked about in a previous episode, like the like the prophet Habakkuk. To be prepared to preserve it for future generations. Yeah, amen. Amen. To record that's it. That's right. And, and that's why I, that, well, as a point of fact, why I've had, and for some years, have wholeheartedly endorsed uh, Brother John's work, his, his lovely wife, Lisa, uh, even as a ministering couple. They're powerful. And God has been using them for a number of years, and and uh, and I know will continue to. And His works are on my shelf, and we appreciate His studies. And anyway, not here to just do that, but to yeah. say that everywhere we look, there's some something's jumping out with us like yeah. that. I believe God is maybe calling someone here today, even and maybe several, to just become that person to slip out, uh, and, and in an appropriate way. Now, this is very important, like like mm-hmm. Daniel Suleiman. In his wonderful article in Christianity Today here about a week ago, uh, he was talking about, uh, in fact, the title went something like, No Celebrities, It's About Jesus. That's and, right. And, they, and, and those who were responsible, the responsible people there at the college in Kentucky, at the university there, began to realize very quickly that there had to be some, some uh, discernment mm-hmm. because a lot of people then started to show up wanting to take advantage of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul and Barnabas ran into this, yeah. uh, you know, with those that were wanting to get in on the action, so to speak, get in on what the Holy Spirit was doing. And likewise, they had to turn away some, quote, celebrities mm-hmm. and and some preachers yeah. and some other notable people that were coming to add to the event. Well, it's a matter of, you know, what what is God wanting to do? That's right. That's the powerful thing. You know. And they've been finding that in particular they had to start limiting to mostly the students mm-hmm. and the young people because they came with seeking hearts. Mm-hmm. Now come to find out there were some contemporary and otherwise some singers and speakers and all that just slipped in. They weren't there to, 
to present their credentials or their name or their ministry. They just slipped in as part of the group worshiping. Many of them found themselves at the altar like the rest, praying and weeping. Mm-hmm. And, and they did not pose a threat to, to the, you know, and they did not have an agenda. And, and Lord knows the last thing we need is any more denominational or evangelical or whatever, ecclesiastical agendas. We need Jesus. We need to know what God wants to done. And the thing about it is, just like you go all the way back to the fifth chapter of John when he was in that encounter with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, we, you know, she declared what she knew of as far as her faith. Well, we know that the Lord's going to send his Messiah one day. And then the, and then Jesus, and she said, and when he comes, he's going to declare all things. Yep. John chapter five, right? There, I think it's about verse 23, 24. He's going to declare all things. So she had enough where, uh, wherewithal and knowledge to know that God, when Shiloh comes, when that one who is declared all the way through the scriptures under various names, that line of the tribe of Judah, that prophet who is to come, that one who fulfills all things, all in all, that's the Christ, the Mm -hmm. anointed one of God. He will declare all things. That's why I'm saying that's got to be one of your witnesses, dear friend. And it's not making up something for Jesus to say, and you don't put words in the mouth. By the way, let me just say, don't you dare. Uh, beware there's restrictions in the word of god about things like that we don't add to or take away from the word whether it's the rhema or the logos of god that's right yeah he's the living word (laughs) and his his word has been settled in the heavens and so for all eternity praise god so (laughs) the the whole thing is if god is is god speaking to your heart you need to make a decision make it public then do so at the appropriate time the pastor mm-hmm. opens up the floor for an invitation or a time to come for prayer or whatever. You slip out and you very respectfully find yourself on your knees. I grew up in a day, son, I grew up a day, and I can remember in, in a church in northwest Florida where we were. My father was stationed in the military there, your, your papa stationed in the military there, and we were in a small church there. And, and it, was, it was a common thing to see many women at the altar mm-hmm. praying and some needing a word with the pastor, some sharing decisions that were on their heart to mm-hmm. make. Ultimately, I was one of those as a young boy. They are making a, a profession of faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior and following in believer's baptism. I'll never forget that day. And I'm thankful for that. And that was the appropriate thing to do. But I also can remember there were some special times when the Holy Spirit would move in such a way. And what impressed me is particularly the men. And I would see men of the church. Sometimes all they would do is just slip out from their pew and just slip to their knees Mm -hmm. where they had been sitting and begin to pray. I've seen men weeping Mm -hmm. over things that were in their heart. They were not obtrusive, didn't miss a word the pastor was saying. Mm-hmm. The music was playing. Whatever else needed to be do, uh, doing and happening was going on. But mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit was moving in the lives of people. And, you know, that's the important thing, doing what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. I know your own pastor, yeah. Pastor Bill, has been doing some things about the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he and I in concert are going to be, you know, for those of you that are prayers, pray for us because in, in a matter of just about two and a half weeks, we're going to be in Central America encouraging pastors and talking about the certainty of God's word and the moving of God's Holy Spirit. 
And that's a powerful thing. And we got to encourage each other. Like the Old Testament says, like iron, sharpening iron. We have got to be encouraging one another. I'm trying to encourage you today. Because as God woke me up the other Tuesday on the 21st of February, I woke up, I came out of my sleep with this just impending urgency. And, and I came out with the words, write it down. That's what I came, I, came to, <laughs> I came to consciousness, so to speak, came out of sleep with the words, write it down, write it down. And before I could leave my bedroom, I had to grab up a pad and pen that I, had, that I keep handy because I've realized that sometimes in the middle of the night, the Lord will begin to speak to me and I, I need something handy because sometimes, you know, sometimes age creeps up on us and whatever. We may not remember the next morning. Uh, maybe you've done that. I know... I've done it uh, too much that uh, sometimes I say, well, I'll, I'll get back to that in the morning or I'll write that down in the morning. No, and, and it doesn't come. It doesn't come right. sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it will, but, you know, anyway, but I, I want to hold and keep fast what the Lord's telling me. Mm-hmm. And so I went right to our, our dining room table. I went, I went by way of my study and I grabbed my Bible and, and a concordance, and I went and sat down. That's I just the only delay. I, I didn't get my coffee. I didn't do any of my other routine, checking on the hound dog or any of that other stuff. I went and wrote it down, what the Lord was impressing me. And there was a lot of bird song that morning. And, and this is what I wrote down. As the birds declare the day, so I declare to you the freshness, newness of the day. Behold and take hold of the thing that I do before you. It is life and it is truth. Confirm it by my word. It has been declared from the beginning and it will continue to be declared by my servants. And that's what it was. It just came over and over to me two or three and I wrote it down. It's just like the Lord was patient with me and gave it. And you're saying, well, so what's the big deal? Well, in, in that confirming it by the word, I began to, you know, as this says, as the birds were declaring the day, and I wanted to see just what, what is that about? Because I ha- already had a sense that it could relate to something about the coming of the Lord. And as I looked, I was drawn to, it was, it was kind of strange to me, very, you know, and there again, I wasn't drawn to the Pauline scriptures, which I, I enjoy preaching and teaching from and all that, and hey, are going to the prophet Isaiah. No, I was drawn to the Song of Solomon and the book of Ecclesiastes of all places. And and I was drawn there in in chapter 2, verse 10 through 13 in, in the Song of Solomon. And I'm dropping in the middle here in a chapter, and it says, My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, and my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone, and the flowers have already appeared in the land. The time has arrived for pruning of the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove, or some versions will say the call of the birds, or the voice of, the, or the sound of the singing of the birds, have been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs. The vines in blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. Now, sometime, I don't know when, back, because part of this chapter I had marked and highlighted some things, but over at the side in pencil, I had written right there along verse 11 and 12, we shall all be caught up 
ever to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, and then as my as as my routine usually is, if I'm if I'm drawn by a reference or something into the middle of a chapter, I usually look then, I go to the opening of the chapter to see what the context is, okay? Mm-hmm. And verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, Song of Solomon's, this is the word I have. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Mm-hmm. And look at verse 4. He has brought me to his banquet table, and his banner over me is love. And then I came over to verse 8. Listen, my beloved, behold, he is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall, looking through the window, peering through the lattice. My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along and behold. And there again, the winter's past, the rain, and just what we read. Come along, arise and come along. I have that overwhelming sense, the fact that, you know, and I told my wife, Jackie, and you've met her here on, on the Gonzo Bible study. I said, the Lord's coming. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she just lit up. And, I, and you might say, okay, well, we've been knowing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. In fact, Peter said uh, many were mocking in that day and time. You made mention mm-hmm. of that a moment ago. But Peter said, you know, many were coming saying, well, where is why, why does your Lord tarry in his coming in the, and mocking? And, and, of course, we know the scriptures of Peter, John, uh, Brother Paul certainly tells us that in the latter days there's going to be many deceivers and scoffers and teachers having itching ears, always probing and looking but never coming to the truth. Mm-hmm. All this kind of thing is happening, is happening. <laughs> and, and, and in that, there's a lot of people who are, and maybe you fit this category, a lot of people who are feeling very vain, empty, uh, feel like, well, you know, what, what's going on? In fact, mm-hmm. my wife was sharing, and she was, listening, she was listening to some preaching the other Sunday as I was in my study uh, finalizing and printing off some things for our service that, that was going to happen in a couple hours. And, and she had noted something that, that one of the speakers had said on a program, evangelistic program, that, that it's been recently found that over 70% of people who, are, who, who identify themselves as evangelical Christians mm-hmm. do not believe, now get this, do not believe, and, and you may say, well, so what? But do not believe that the Holy Spirit is relevant in our day and time. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. And you think about it, that probably explains the deadness of our churches. <laughs> you know, it may, be, it, may, it may speak to some of the decline going on and, and, and why so many of our uh, denominational things have become so much in the flesh and, and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to be critical here. Really, I'm not. I'm just saying we all, we all become discouraged. And many times, just every day, if you turn the news on, you get very discouraged we've we've come to the point where sometimes for several days we we do not turn the news on because of the news and the thing about it is when i went over because there was a reference to birds also in ecclesiastes and when i went over to the ninth chapter of ecclesiastes and i'll hush in a second let you no you're (laughs) let you probe here but i found this in verse 10 and moving on there the next couple of verses whatever your hands find to do do it with all your might Mm-hmm. For there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Now, he's talking about ultimately we all die. 
In the mm -hmm. Old Testament, there was that understanding of Sheol, the place of the dead. Now, understand something, and I want to, and I say this particularly because of a young lady that shared what a college professor just taught last week at her <laughs> school. Yeah. Uh, and so, understand something here, because the Bible teaches that in this, in the Old Testament understanding of Sheol, the place of the dead, there was that place where the wicked dead went. Okay, that place ultimately will be emptied out into eternal damnation and what we call hell okay a lot of a lot of scriptures a lot of bibles just use the word hell regardless of this but now many of your bibles that are looking and trying to properly interpret the scriptures from the hebrew and the greek and the aramaic this is the shale is appropriate term here mm -hmm. because then also there was that place and jesus referred to it in the story of lazarus and the rich man i believe that's the gospel of luke and it talked about where Lazarus was going to be after he died and where the rich man was going to be, okay? And ultimately, that place where the righteous dead under the old covenant went was referred to as the bosom of Abraham or the upper level of Sheol, a place of confidence and hope in the future. Mm -hmm. You can go to the book of Hebrews. You can go to a number of places and see the Lord himself and others that are referring to the fact that God had not allowed his faithful under the old covenant to slip out of hand or to be left in, in limbo, okay? Uh, unfortunately, this is where some sect groups and even denominational groups have developed whole doctrines, yes. okay, that are non-biblical, by the way, non-biblical. Uh, and so, uh, so be, 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 beware, okay, mm -hmm. of that. But nonetheless, here, now... Can I, can I pause just for a second? Ju jump in While there. you're talking about shale and getting into that concept of the, the bosom of Abraham and everything, it, for a second, just as a question, just for, for those that are watching and even just for me, right? in your understanding, is it because that there is only one way? Yes. That, that, that those that, although their righteousness yes. was counted to them as faith, you yes. have those that were under the law considered righteous and all that but they were still not perfect and they were still only covered by the sacrifices that they made and everything yes. else and obedience yeah that because of what we understand about the new testament when it describes jesus christ as the way the truth and the life there you go that until his sacrifice no man could come before the father directly exactly i believe you said that well and i was trying to find a, a reference here that would help us in that uh, probably more Pauline, I was looking back here to Peter, but but we have that in the scriptures. You could easily look that up. Um, and, and like I said, I'm, we're not prepared. I don't know what he's going to ask me <laughs> and all that kind of stuff either. But the fact of the matter is, when when the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ on the cross, is described and spoken of to us, right? It always refers to the fact that this is part of God's work from the foundation of the world right um in fact I really I really do want to put my finger on that let me see here it just it, you know it, yes. while he's looking that up yes. it just it struck me as as pastor Clark was talking mm -hmm. that when we well how can there be you know how is it that when there these people were called away or these people died and were or ascended and, and and all that that God didn't let them into heaven well the fact of the matter is is one of the things that Jesus proved in his ministry is that mm -hmm. the law unto itself is insufficient to salvation. 
Exactly. That was there was a necessity for God to send part of himself in human form to the earth to be the perfect sacrifice, to be exactly. the perfect covering. And we need to grasp hold of that, that we're not talking about a God that changed the parameters of the agreement. No, no. the fact of the matter was no. is that fallen things and fallen covering cannot produce a, a redeemed person. Because you, know, exactly. you have to remember, everything on this planet became fallen when, when, when sin entered the world. All of creation is, it was fallen, and it has fallen. Excuse and me. so even the sacrifices that are made of the unblemished lamb and all these, all the, all, you know, getting as pure of animals as you can to take and be sacrificed at the temple, all of these things, though, are still subject to the curse. And it took a perfect Christ exactly. And it proved a perfect Savior to be a perfect sacrifice Amen. to provide life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that's how. And then after that point, once Christ came, and I've, I, you know, I believe we could comfortably say, based on the, what the Scripture says, those that were in the upper elders of Shiloh have been allowed to join exactly. the ranks of heaven. Exactly. And, and the thing is, Paul, Paul there in Ephesians talks about that, that when he— when he paid the perfect sacrifice on the cross to understand that he he went and took captivity captive those who had been held that was the term mm -hmm. the terminology there had been held if you were will captivity in what was referred to as the bosom of abraham mm -hmm. they they were being held until that day when the perfect sacrifice mm -hmm. and so it says what is it that he first descended before he ascended on high he took captivity captive many have asked well we all didn't understand what that was referring yeah. to. And, of course, Peter talks about the fact that he preached to the souls in hell. And, and, you know, he confirmed everything that he did with those who had already pledged themselves under righteousness yes. and, and the covering of blood, you see. And then when perfect blood was spilt for on their behalf, they were all yes and amen about that, you see. And, and now Peter did say in First, first Peter chapter 1, Picking up in verse 17, when it refers to how the Father judges impartially, he says then that we're to conduct ourselves in fear and reverence during the time of our stay on earth. And the terminology there is that we're sojourning here. We're just passing through. You know, you, I know you get a lot of stuff on TV, movies, and otherwise that mm -hmm. say, well, what about life? And you get these, these, these overly paid celebrities that if someone will then ask them, universal questions and deep spiritual things well what do you think is there life after death well no i don't think and and one even responded i just saw that recently so well i really think we're going to become animals okay well anyway let's see what the word of god said yeah yeah honestly honest to pete it, i heard that just this just, week just but, to put a pin right there for a second the terrifying part about that <laughs> what separates us from all other creatures on this planet on this planet yeah according to scripture well it's a soul a soul so you're saying you're gonna go from a from a human being that has a soul and your next thing is you're gonna you're gonna cease to be yourself and become an animal yeah, yeah you're gonna cease to have a soul yeah so you're talking about the eradication of who you actually are well yeah your spirit man is going to vanish and you're gonna become a cockroach well there you go well, it's it's all part of anyway. The, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a 
Yeah, well, no, you know, for some reason, if you get paid a lot of money, people want to listen to what you have to say about life. And sadly, a lot of people don't know any more about life or death or, or eternality mm-hmm. other than what they last made a mark of back in school or in mm-hmm. childhood. And that's a shame. That is a shame. That's a shame. Uh, because, you know, the Word of God says we've got to grow up. Yes. We've got to grow and grow in his spirit. And I think th- there again, to get back into point, I yeah, think right yeah, on point yeah, yeah. is the fact that even so, as you see the days appearing, this is what Peter's saying. We conduct ourselves because our stay on this earth is a transitional one. Yep. We're just passing through.